Welcome to the Beis Havad's Business Halacha Daily. Today I am joined by Rav Yitzchak Grossman, Rish Chaburah at the Greater Washington Community Kailo, and Dayan at the Beis Havad. If somebody wants to prepare a will that would be valid both according to the interior and, to, um, and according to secular law, besides the easy answer, I know he can call the Besden and it will get taken care of for him, but what would be the way to prepare such a will? So this presents an interesting problem because halacha, unlike law, halacha doesn't really include a, a native mechanism for doing a will. You can give gifts while you're alive. The problem is that gifts are not revocable. If you give a gift, then you can't change your will later. The problem is also that uh, you, can't, you can't make gifts and, and transfer property that doesn't yet exist. So if I make a will today, well, that you don't own yet. So if I make a will today and I come into new assets tomorrow, then a gift I made today can't, can't include the property of tomorrow. There are some solutions. You can get increasingly more complicated. You can, you can make a gift with a tenai, that the gift is revocable, and so on. But halakha doesn't really have a, a, a natural native mechanism for, for doing, a, for doing a, uh, a, what we would call a will. Well, a mechanism evolved, again, in the time of the Rishonim, a mechanism involved a, a slightly convoluted way of doing it called the Shtar Chatzizachar, which was done as follows. It's an indirect way of creating a will, which is that a person creates an obligation Chov, uh, just creates out of thin air, you can do that in halacha, a unilateral obligation, a debt obligation to someone, in this case, to the intended beneficiaries of his will. Let's say he wants to include his daughters in his will. Alpid and Torah, they don't get. He creates a, a, a binding obligation of a large sum of money, more than the estate is worth. To, some say it shouldn't be too large, because then it looks like a joke, a harama, but he makes, a lar- he makes an obligation of a large amount of money to his daughters, a debt, Debts, uh, the debt will remain against his estate after he dies. And he makes the condition that if the, if the halachic heirs, the sons in this case, agree to abide by the terms of his will, then the debt is void. So then, then he writes the will. Then he says, I want my assets to be distributed, say, equally between sons and daughters, or the daughter should get half as much as the sons, or whatever it is. So now the sons, in practice, will have to honor the will, because if they don't, then the obligation kicks in, the daughters can go to the estate and collect the debt. The only way the sons won't have to lose the whole thing is by agreeing to honor the terms of the will. So that's a kind of indirect mechanism we have for, for, for forcing the, the halachic heirs to abide by the terms of the will. So in practice, what you do is you create one document, say a secular will drawn up by a lawyer, which says how you want your assets to be divided. Then you create the halachic will, which says that, see that document for my intentions of how I want my estate divided. If the halachic heirs honor it, great. If they don't honor it, then, I, then, then, then there's this debt that will, that, that will kick in to the daughters, the, to the halachic beneficiaries, which will allow them to seize the estate anyway. You can even do it in two separate documents. You can have the lawyer do his document. You don't have to mix in all the halachic stuff into it. You have the halachic document, and the halachic document says that, that this is the mechanism by which Alpidin Torah, the, the halachic heirs, will be forced to, will be forced to abide by, by, your, by your intentions. If you enjoyed this video and would like to receive more like it, or to sponsor future videos, please click the link below or visit beisavad.org.